I didn't see you there. Welcome to Lost Unlocked. We are a spoiler-free Lost podcast. I'm Brian. I'm Chris. Hi. <laughs> oh, I didn't see you there either, Chris. How's it going? You took me off guard. Wow. Uh, where have we been? Well, we we have been podcasting over the long hiatus, but we took a week off. But yeah, now we're back. Yeah, we did. We took one week. One week. One week. That's it. That's all we need. We're ready. Now we're going to podcast forever. <laughs> forever? One podcast a week until the end of time. Confirmed. What if I get Alzheimer's? Now, it, I admit that would make the podcast a little more difficult, but I think we could pull it off. Oh, good luck. <laughs> uh, welcome to another episode of Lost Unlocked. Um, if you'd like to contact us. Oh. Um, there are multiple ways to contact us. You can either send an email to lostunlocked at gmail.com, or you could come by our blog and leave a comment there. Uh, the address to that is lostunlocked.blogspot.com. Or um, you can come by our chat box. We have a you know pers- persistent online chat room. It's always there. Uh, lostunlocked.cbox.ws. Um, what, what else do we have? We have a Facebook, Facebook group. Join our Facebook group if you know that's your thing. And uh, we have a phone number. If you'd like to call and leave audio feedback, feel free to dial 770-E-Y-E-L-A-N-D. I land 393-5263. Leave feedback, comments. All feedback is appreciated because I, uh, you know, during this long hiatus, you guys really kind of make the show. There's not... A lot of new content to talk about. What? We're very creative. We... <laughs> I think uh, we set the, the, the bar. Well, we, we, we do try. Um, <laughs> but then we have, like, uh, off-topic banter, like, Hey, Chris, have you been watching the Olympics lately? <laughs> the Olympics? Why, yes. They're going on right now. Yeah, I've, I've saw the opening ceremonies. Oh, yeah, how was that? They were well, amazing. Well, what did you give it on a letter scale? It's like a B plus. Oh, A. A? A plus almost. Really? Yeah. Perfect? Oh, man. It was it was amazing. Wow. They, they designed the whole stadium with the opening ceremonies in mind. Oh, well, that's hey. cool, I guess. <laughs> did you see it? I did not. Um, oh, I hear see. I hear rumor that they're going to make podcasting an Olympic sport. Is this true? Really? I don't know. We should sign up if it is. How, how would they do that? I don't know. I'd like to hear the uh, the judges. Yeah, how would they judge a podcasting event? <laughs> like, oh, awkward silence deduction there. Oh. Sorry, hate to see that happen. Yeah. Um, well, today is somewhat of an untraditional podcast yeah, because... Well, well, last week was untraditional. We almost planned to uh, pipe out another podcast, but we did not. Uh, other things got in the way, so... This week we're back. We are back. Um, with, with, as you say, an untraditional podcast, in a sense. Yes, yeah, so this is kind of, we're going to showcase the writings of our listeners. So if you're, you know, hardcore theory people, I know um, some of you listen to our show because we like to go over that um, from time to time. Uh, today's, you know, more of a laid back, um, you know, fanfic-ish I like episode. that. Well, during the hiatus, I mean, we have a variety of shows um, That's right. Our show's kind of like a potpourri. Yeah, we've had uh, a uh, roundtable. We <laughs> we recorded a roundtable. Yeah, we've had one roundtable. Okay, we released one roundtable. We're Why? working on roundtable two. Right. Uh, we uh, do character spotlights. We've had interviews, character spotlights. We have had interviews. Yeah. And we'll have interviews in the future. Yes. Some, uh, <laughs> you know, maybe maybe some uh, good interviews. I don't know. Not yeah. say anything. So, uh, I mean, lots of good stuff. So this week, like you say, spotlight on uh, the, the fans, That's right? That's right. This is Story Hour. This is for you, fans! All right, and we're going to kick Shh. it off. Shh. Oh, what? What? I said this is for you, fans. Listen to the fans. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Uh, well, that I guess I can't hear you. I guess that accurately <laughs> reflects how many people are listening right now. It's like, wh- where are you? <laughs> they're, they're thinking those guys are idiots. They can't really hear me. <laughs> See, I just heard someone say that. Oh wow! Yeah, so take that, fan. 
Uh, go ahead. Oh, um, wow. <clears throat> Back on track. Uh, today we're going to kick off by um, revisiting um, a segment we did a while back called Final Scene. And, oh, yes. Uh, our Final Scene contest was um, something we held back during Season 4. We wanted fans to write in a short story or essay on how they thought the show would end, the very final scene of the show. Ooh. And we, we, I was surprised by the number of entries we got. I thought we'd get maybe two or three. Mm-hmm. We got uh, a deal more than that. Quite a bit. And we only got to pick one winner, and we read that on the air. But we're going to revisit some of the other great entries. Okay, from the contest. And here's bumper music for contest. <laughs> Remember, you didn't oh. miss that one, did you? No, yeah, no, I don't miss that at all. <laughs> it's hardcore. Um, and the first entry is from listener, insert Clever Lost themed name. It's in brackets. Okay. Um, uh, who says, I'm supposed to be writing a paper, but... Here I am instead, putting my writing talents to good use. Oh, like any good insert lever, <laughs> lever cloth theme name. Ooh. Lever lost clean name? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, would you like to try that again? <laughs> I don't think I can. You, you don't want to try to say that five times fast? <laughs> no. Okay. Please continue. I, uh, all right. <clears throat> the final scene of Lost might play out something like this. Set up. The Lossies have all made it off the island, including Jin. Who does not die? Ooh. And also, Juliet and Alex, who finally left. Oh, I should actually say something right here. I should just remind people uh, this contest happened halfway through season four. Oh. So, uh. So some of this doesn't really. So some dead people might come back, but you know what? <laughs> this lost. That could happen. Of course. But apparently, uh, Juliet and Zombie Alex, um, who finally left Ben's reign of terror, that is. Um, all the Losties except for one man. Back on the island, Locke and Ben stand next to a helicopter, which is ready to take off. Ben says, All right, John, you win. I have too much blood on my hands to stop you now. Yeah. <laughs> you proved you're a better man than me. Oh, that's good. I like this. Ooh. My only wish is that you leave this island forever and leave my people in peace. Locke. Hmm. That's not going to happen, Ben. That's not going to happen today, Ben. Helicopter explodes. Cut the black. End of the show. <laughs> Did he blow yeah! up the helicopter? He blew up the helicopter. Just like the sub. Oh, man. I love it. <laughs> and so there you have it. Naturally, the title of the episode would be Blood on My Hands. Your devoted, lo- your devoted friend and clever lost theme brand man. Insert Clover lost theme name. Oh, Clover themed. Cloverfield name? Yeah. Insert Clover lost theme name. So thank you for that. Like I said, I, uh, Molten Panther won the contest, and I really loved his entry, but we had several other terrific entries. I think uh, Insert Clever lost theme name will be happy that they chose Blood on My Hands as the title uh, by the end of the series. Oh, yes. Yeah. I think that's going to be a title. You think we're actually going to see that blood on my hands? I really think we are. I think they're, you know, they're setting up the the trail. <laughs> they want you to think that Ben actually had a line in Cabin Fever. I have my daughter's blood on my hands. Yep. And it was in uh, The Dark Knight, too. It wasn't. Oh, man, you just it's appearing ruined, everywhere. You ruined The Dark Knight for everyone, Chris. <laughs> I, I'm just kidding. He didn't really ruin it for you. Yeah. I feel bad for that. Uh, Jim and Everett Washington writes in. Oh, uh, yes, Jim. He says, <clears throat> The Oceanic Six, after returning to the island, escort all other survivors of 815 down to the beach, where a, where a small boat ferries them along to a waiting submarine for a long-awaited journey home. As the camera pulls back from the beach to reveal the ferry craft, it keeps pulling back to reveal the submarine and keeps pulling back at an increased rate to reveal the whole island. Uh-oh. The camera pulls back again at still an increased rate until the island is but a glint of light surrounded by blackness. Okay. As the pullback continues, we realize the blackness is the iris of an eyeball, which suddenly blinks a few times, and the camera, still pulling back, oh. reveals the eyeball belongs to Vincent. What? The dog. Whom, whom yawning and stretching crawls out of his doggy bed 
and hurdles off a few laps, uh, something or another. From his water bowl. Yes. So there you have it. Vincent, it's all in Vincent's head. That's the theory you know, some people threw out early on. No. And, you know, Jim from Washington, he he's, you know, running with that. Camera pulls back, and it's... All in Vincent's head. The island is the iris. Of Vincent. And the dog's eye. It's but a glint of light in his eye. Have you ever looked in a, a dog's eye? No, I'm uh, definitely afraid of dogs, and I, you know, I wish you really didn't bring that up on the show, Chris. <laughs> this is getting quite awkward. Well, this will make it easier for you. Iris of a dog is much bigger, and the humans is, is smaller. So you look, and it's kind of like an anime creature. <laughs> <laughs> it's really weird. <laughs> right, wait, you're calling dogs anime creatures now? <laughs> and they also have this... Uh, they also have blue hair. So. ...material in their eye called eye shine. Really? What is eye shine? Uh, they call it eye shine. It helps the animals... Eye shine? ...see better at night. Oh, really? Yeah, you know, you shine a flashlight out in the woods at night, and you see two beady eyes looking at you? Yeah. You ever, you know, raccoons? That's why I'm afraid of dogs. Have eye shine? See, that makes you feel better, doesn't it? No, I'm still terrified. It's the eye shine. I'm going to have to go to therapy twice a week now. (laughs) Uh, That's weird. If the camera does keep panning out, and it's all taking place in somebody's eye. But wait, no. And then it pans out more, and the dog is actually in a snow globe. (laughs) And you pan back, and it's in a shop where Ms. Hawking is working, and it pans back, and it's all in a child storybook. I think if, if it is in an eye, the alternate title for the series will be Of the Beholder. Oh, that'd be nice. Eye of the Beholder. Island, huh? Yeah, mm-hmm. Island of the Beholder. Eye of the Beholder is actually one of my favorite Twilight Zone episodes. That's right. That is a Twilight Zone it's episode. A classic. Yeah. Everybody cool. go watch Eye of the Beholder. I, w- I want to hear another final scene. Now, this is final scene of the whole series, right? Yes, of okay. the entire series. The last thing we will ever see. Okay. Um, this one is from Tony. Tony. Just Tony. Nothing else. Just identifies himself as Tony. Like Tony's done it again. Um, and this one, how about you be the narrator, and I will take care of all dialogue. Oh. That sound good to you? Written in that style, huh? Yes. Okay, well, let's read here. Tony has written the final scene, and the scene is set up at Jacob's shack. So this is where dialogue is taking place. We find Locke (laughs) (laughs) sitting Indian style (laughs) on the floor by an empty rocking chair. That's kind of like Locke's in a Zen state here. He's Medi- a, he's, he's meditating. He's at peace with the island. That's now. right. Uh, Jack and Sawyer are standing on either side of Kate, who is holding Aaron, who's now six weeks old. Again. <laughs> <laughs> in the background, two figures are hiding in the shadows. Jack says, "Okay, here we are. What's going on, John?" Locke replies, "Jack, I told you to believe in me." Why will you still not trust in what's happening? Did the island not bring you back just like you'd hoped? It did not forget you. Don't forget it either. Sawyer interrupts. All right, sitting bull. Let's get this show on the road. You promised answers. We want them now. Now, are you imitating the Sawyer on the Lost Game? (laughs) Yeah, I am, actually. That's exactly what I'm doing. Was that good? Did that come across? (laughs) Yeah, it really did. Kate replies. Yeah, Locke. (laughs) We've done what you asked. Locke continues. Okay. With a dramatic pause. You know what Saeed told you would happen once you were brought back to the island? And the island keeps her promises. You will now hear from the lips of the very man who together has who together have harnessed the powers of the island. Ooh, from the shadows, Ben and Charles Widmore emerge carrying a large duffel bag and a scroll. Sawyer says, Well, if it ain't Dr. Evil and Mini-Me, I thought you were... (laughs) Dr. Evil and Mini-Me. You were saying, I thought you were, and Kate interrupts. Is this some kind of joke? Jack replies, That's it. This ends now. You show me what is in that bag or else. Jack pulls out a gun. Ooh, Ben says, There, there, Jack. You know as well as I, you can't pull the trigger. But here lies all of your answers. 
Ben starts unzipping the bag, and Jacob's chair is rocking violently. <laughs> Give me the creeps right there. We begin to see a glowing object in the bag, and then the screen goes black. Numbers scroll. 4, 8, 15, 16, 23, 42. The lost stinger music. Foom. And it's over. What? <laughs> what? Yeah. They they had the answers. So he's going to show Jack the answers. Show Jack the answers are in this bag. It's glowing. It is glowing. And so then it's really left us left up to us? It's whatever you want it to be. Well, you don't like the ambiguous ending, Chris? Boo! <laughs> oh, man. Chris is anti-imagination. Confirmed. That's whatever you want it to be? <laughs> what? <laughs> Come on, I like it. It's creative. Uh, what makes it it's creative? Actually, it's, it's an homage to uh, Pulp Fiction, which oh. I know you haven't seen. But uh, it's still oh, kind of the very same. Pulp Fiction? Pulp Fiction. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but no, no, I mean, I can see your frustration, but I... Well, the writers are just so clever, and they're creative, that I, I don't want to have to sit... And put out any energy to figure out something. When what? when I talk to someone about it, they're going to make up something else. And we can't dialogue together. It's oh, like, hey, you like Lost? Yeah. Well, what did you make up for the final scene? What, what about the <laughs> scroll? <laughs> what about their glowing bowling ball? Glowing bowling ball? Yeah. I don't know. I'm kind of disappointed in my reading. At one point I said man instead of men. It should have been plural. Yeah. That threw off my reading. I give myself a C-. minus. <laughs> That gal say, that glowing bowling ball, John can sure throw one heck of a strike. <laughs> you think it was a glowing bowling ball? Uh, I'm not talking about what we think it is. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you know that you know we'd put on like one heck of a podcast after that. <laughs> Thanks, Tony. I think Leppy Sam has something there now. <laughs> no, uh, yes, thank you, Tony. And uh, that was our final uh, final scene, the final final scene, okay. which we're going to read today. Uh, like I said, we have many more. And we will probably revisit this again in the future. Cool. So thank you, everybody who wrote in. We now have a very special treat. Leprechaun Sam has decided to uh, grace us with another Missing Reels short story. So this is this officially f- fan feedback now? Not quite. It's kind of following in the uh, short story kind of okay. vibe that we're going for. Well, um, then uh, sit back, everyone. I will let you tackle this one. And just enjoy the short stories. It's uh, Chris and Brian's story hour. <laughs> and we're going to tell you a story. You're going to take a nap. Really? I hope not. I hope they're not going to take Get a nap. Get out your blankie. <laughs> uh, it's a good time to, uh, for me to mention this podcast brought to you by Fudge Rounds. Oh, okay. We're taking uh, corporate sponsors now, but go ahead. I thought it was sponsored by uh, Orange Peel. Uh, and Orange Peel. And the number three. But continue. Uh, number four. Number four? It has to and be a number. the letter L. Okay. Okay, sorry. Continue. Leprechaun uh, Sam. This is Leppy Sam's Missing Reels. I, I kind of like the name. It's like missing clips from the show. Yeah, it's kind of a play off missing pieces. Yeah, missing reels. Missing reels. This is entitled Locks Orange Peel Grin. That's why it's brought to you by Orange Peel. Uh, so I'll take this one? Yes. Okay. Locks Orange Peel Grin. The refrigerator door swung open. Locke peered inside. Looking at the contents that Ben would have used to make a nice meal, the shelves were lined with jars of preservatives and bags of chicken. Disgusted with Ben's wasting of the island's resources, Locke shut the door. Looking up and opening the freezer. Inside the freezer, beside some frozen peas and a bag of ice, were two stacks of frozen TV dinners. Locke stared at them for a moment. In his mind, flashes of his past, which he had spent in disarray, watching old episodes of Exposé in his underwear and eating TV dinners, came to him. In a burst of anger, he grabbed the piles of TV dinners in both hands, walked to the garbage can, and dropped them in. He didn't like Exposé, did he? (laughs) (laughs) He he wanted to know who the Cobra cobra was, but they never revealed it. (laughs) That was one piece of his past that he refused to revisit. Sounds like he just did. Moving on from the fridge, he moved to the pantry. Inside the first cabinet, he found what he was looking for. 
a basket full of ripe fruit. He pulled out his knife. Locke was preparing to chow down. Moments later, Sawyer stuck his head in the door to check in on Locke. Sawyer said, Hey, Picard! (laughs) (laughs) Wah, wah, wah. Oh, that's great. Locke turned and flashed him with a grin of the orange peel. Aw, Locke's back with the orange peel grin. Sawyer stared for a moment, not knowing whether to laugh or make a witty comment. He decided on both. Chuckled a bit, and he nodded to Locke. Well, whenever you finish eating, Don Corleone, perhaps you could come join us for some risk like you'd planned. It's just not a two-player game, and Hugo and I are getting restless. Locke chewed on the orange peel for a moment. I'll be right there, he said. And there you go. Cut the loss. <laughs> that's the end of the story. And that's all she wrote. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, by she, I mean he. No, I like that uh, Sawyer stared and didn't know whether to laugh or make a witty comment. Decided to do both. <laughs> that's That's kind of a good description of what I would think if I were to see Sawyer. It's like, what's he thinking? Oh, is he going to make, you know, you don't know what kind of comment he's going to make. That's true. So, but for those who don't know who Don Corleone is, it's a character from The, the Godfather. Godfather. Yes, played by Marlon Brando. So, thank you, Leppy Sam, once again. Yes. Great job. Delivered again. And um, now for something completely different. <laughs> uh, we have a piece of feedback from very uh, special guest writer. Eric, the accountant. Oh, is this considered fan feedback? No, not quite. So, oh. It's our final short story. Okay. Um, and we all remember Eric, the accountant. Um, in, oh. case, in case you don't. <laughs> Who can forget? He wrote in in the past, and he's an accountant. Surprise, surprise. Oh. And he actually works with uh, people who shared names with lost characters. There's Jack, Ben, Kate, and John. That's wild. It is wild. Um, so... Uh, this piece is titled The Ultimate Betrayal, and uh, uh, Chris, could you uh, tackle this one too? Okay. The Ultimate Betrayal. Well, this looks pretty good. It is really good. I felt my heart sink a little. Everything I knew was turned inside out. Up is down, black is white. Cats and dogs living together. <laughs> In a state of disbelief, I found myself trying to explain it. Justify. Why? How could he resort to such a terrible act. Certainly he must have had a good reason, or maybe it was a mistake. Surely I couldn't have seen what I saw. Despite some questionable decisions in the past, we've come to be able to follow his every word, assured that he's always looking to do what's best for everyone. I would expect this from Ben. Maybe even Jack. But John? Flashback, ten minutes earlier. John was engaged in a conversation with Jack as I approached. I could hear John's remarks, almost gloating. The island moved. It disappeared with a purple flash of light. Maybe next time you'll listen to me. It played out just as he predicted days earlier. This uncanny ability to know what's going to happen makes John special as if some unknown powerful entity had chosen him to bestow this gift. I joined the conversation with an inquiry posed to John. John, you about ready? It's time to address the others. (laughs) John's response to my question exhibited a Ben-like confident tone. Sure am. Ben and Kate should have made their way over to the others by now. John and I were halfway down to the conference room, when he realized that he didn't print out the reports he needed for the meeting. I volunteered to go back to his office for them. I started to run the reports when I saw it. It was a minimized Internet Explorer window on the screen. The first two words of the description caught my attention, and after a closer examination, it sent chills down my back. Lost spoilers! The source of all of John's insightful lost theories and predictions 
or courtesy of Dark U I F I can't even say it. Dark UFO. <laughs> <laughs> this revelation was deeply disappointing. It would be like finding out the same Keebler elves that make those delicious fudge cookies, which is an accountant snack staple, harbored a secret dislike for the Oompa Loompas <laughs> who are trying to corner the market on tasty treats. Small in stature, big on taste, by the way. <laughs> a traitor was in our midst the whole time. At two, John? I tried to temper my disappointment. These are hard times, after all. Even good people can be tempted to the dark side. A final act of desperation, perhaps? February is so far away. Who can say their willpower is strong enough to resist a juicy bit of new lost material? I stepped out of John's office. I felt my heart sink a little. In the spirit of spoiler freedom, alternate titles to the feedback, Bean Counters Unite for a Spoiler-Free Nation. How about epic rivalries? Coke versus Pepsi. Bears versus Packers. Keebler Elves versus Oompa Loompas. <laughs> or John, a.k.a. Lost Fan 108. Ah, wow. Wow. Epic story. Fantastic story. Yes, yes. I give it an A quadruple plus. Can we read it again? Uh, yes, <laughs> yes, but not on the air. That's it's weird, you know. You read the lines, you know, Ben, Locke, Jack. It's just, it's weird. It is weird. But he works with these people. I I, I want to put myself on the island, and I'm thinking, okay, where are they going to a conference room <laughs> to meet the others? <laughs> yeah, that's I. You know, I tried my best to kind of set it up as an accountant, accountant thing, but. Yeah, you did a good job. That was very good. My favorite part might have been the uh, the uh, rivalry between the elf, the cookie making elves, and the Oompa Loompas. <laughs> we were trying to corner the market on snacks, small in stature, big and big on taste. <laughs> I like that. Yes, took some thought. Oh yeah, definitely. Thank you, Eric, the accountant. Good creativity. And now we can move on to fan feedback. Okay. All right, and here we are in the fan feedback. Our first piece of feedback comes from listener Laura, who writes in and says, Hi, spoiler-free champions. I uh, really loved your Faraday podcast. She goes on to say we did a great job. She really is enjoying the Faraday character, who is surpassing even Ben as really? her favorite character. Oh, that's quite enlightening. <laughs> Uh, Jeremy Davies excels not only in playing a forgetful genius, but he's also quite good as playing a villain. What? He'd be a great match for Michael Emerson. Uh, she, Laura goes on to explain how she watched the movie Helter Skelter, mm -hmm. in which uh, Jeremy Davies also oh. played uh, Manson in that movie. I did not know that. I've never watched Helter Skelter. Uh, neither have I. Um, Laura says, I don't know if he won any awards for that role. But he should have. He really captured uh, not only the uh, evil of Manson, but his seductive control over his followers. Um, so she goes on to say, great job. Uh, she really likes Jeremy Davies, and she recommends any other fans of his work check out that. And he also did an awesome job in Saving Private Ryan, which I'd also heard before. Yeah, You know, I can al almost see him playing the role of Manson. Uh, just his figure, his face, the hair, and... And the whisper and the weird yeah, mannerisms. Well, no, yeah, he's he's a, a terrific af actor, no doubt. The seduction, the insanity. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's, that's interesting. No, that's interesting. So she uh, recommends any other fans of the actor check out those movies. Okay. So cool. thank you, Laura. And now thank we you. have a phone call. Okay. From listener Hurley's Dharma Beer Buddy. Hurley's Dharma Beer Buddy, coming up. Hey guys, this is um, Hurley's Dharma Beer Bud. But a um, couple things real quick. First, the um, the Dharma video is available on uh, lost.abc.com, which is a much better video than what you can find on YouTube. 
it's not a video of a video of a video, but actually just a video of a video. Um, and number two, the baby crying in the video, it's my prediction that that is um, Hollowax's son, whatever his name is, Peter Chen or Peter uh, or Pierre. Um, and my theory is that that is actually the son of Miles. It's Miles' son, and um, that's Miles has been there before. <clears throat> and that's how he's able to um, have conversations with dead people because he's learned that trade. Anyway, that's it. Bye. All right. Thank you, Hurley's Dharma Beer Bud. Interesting. Um, uh, thank you for the uh, pro tip on being able to find the Comic-Con video on ABC, lost.abc.com. Yeah. A much more high-quality uh, copy. Um, and they, uh, you know, on the plus, they bleep out the profanity, so. Oh, cool. Hooray. Family show. <laughs> uh, G-rated. Um, <laughs> so what do you think about that theory, Chris, that, did he say that the child in the video was Miles' son, or Miles was the child? It sounded like he said Miles was the, he didn't say he was the child. Yeah, so that was Miles' son? He said it was Miles' son. Hmm. So I don't know how that... Yeah, that's interesting. Um, how do you get the dead people talking thingy out of that? Well, if you've been on the island, um, it, could, it could have been a slip of tongue. Maybe he said Miles was actually the baby. Miles was actually born on the island or brought to the island at a young age. Yeah. I mean, I think that could be interesting. Um, or, you know, why not? Uh, there's a weird time thing going on. Maybe... It could be Miles' son in the past. Think if there's a uh, if there's a time thing going on and you're born on the island, you never have a birthday. Wow, and you never age. Because you like Richard. Yeah, stuck in time. Let's say Richard was born or on the island. Or in time, depending on how you look at it. Yeah, because you know once you get off, well then time is different. You think Richard was born at all, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> Yes. I want to see Richard's mother walking around somewhere. <laughs> uh, you already have. Oh, really? Who would that be, by any chance? Could you tell me? Black Smoke. <laughs> oh. You had that coming. Yeah. No, I, I, I walked right into that one. Yep, yep, yep. Black Smoke. Black Smoke is everything. Good everything theory. Black Smoke. Hurley's Dharma Beer, buddy. Appreciate that. Yes, thank you for the call. We always love those. And... Uh, Anything else out there, little Harry? Uh, we have a final piece of feedback from Lost Bunny. Oh. Who writes in to say, Your Daniel podcast and Losty 108's comments got me thinking about Daniel Faraday. I, too, have been reading Slaughterhouse-Five. Wow. And there are a lot of parallels with Desmond. Hmm? The main character, Billy, describes himself as a spastic in time. It's not clear whether he is living his life in a non-linear way or is jumping consciously between points. But either way, I'm sure you'll see the parallels. Chris, do you see the parallels? Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Lost Funny was right. Um, <laughs> I was wondering if something similar was happening to Daniel. Perhaps the explosion of the boat and the moving of the island were enough to push him back to the point where he's seeing the crash on TV. He could be crying because he just saw so many people blown up. Ooh. And he wasn't able to save any of them. Um, I don't think I don't think if he knows about the Ocean X6. I don't think he knows about the Ocean X6. Yeah. And um Oh that that's you know, I've heard some weird theories about why Daniel's crying. No, that that makes a lot of sense to me though. And that kind of really seems to be a solid answer. No, it's Probably my favorite so far. Because like when Desmond would go back, he was in the phone booth. Yes. You know, in the military, in the service. He was like, where am I and what's going on? You know, he's doing push-ups on the ground in the rain. He's like, oh, where am I, brother? <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is cool. You know, Dan's consciousness goes right back and he's, you know, we don't know that yet because it's not in context. Yes. So, so that's pretty cool. So he's crying because he saw the boat blow up, couldn't save anybody, and he saw the island disappear with Charlotte on it. Yay, Mrs. Charlotte. Yes. Uh, so Lost Bunny uh, says, 
I also wondered whether a nonlinear life would explain why he doesn't know Desmond is why he doesn't know Desmond is his constant. Hmm. Uh, even though it was written in his notebook, which I, you know what, I like that too. Yeah, because there was a lot of talk at the very end of the constant where uh, Daniel's flipping through the notebook and it says, "In case of emergency, Desmond Hume will be my constant." Right. And I kind of chalk that up to his uh, memory problems, but uh, yeah, and I, I thought maybe it was like a uh, a back in, uh, not back in time. Back to the Future. Oh, Back to the Future. Thing where Michael J. Fox had the picture and his family was disappearing. And oh, when you, he, thought, you thought it just kind of appeared there? Yeah, it just kind of went... Like he, like he altered the past and that happened? Well, it was there, but maybe it started disappearing. <laughs> <laughs> and then when he came back, when Desmond did his what he's supposed to do... Yeah, he found his constant. Yeah, it came back and... I don't know. I don't know. Well, he, he's flipping through and he's he's... He looks surprised to find it. But that, that that fits in really good with this theory. No, that also fits in really well with this um, nonlinear timeline. So that's why um, that's why that would happen. It may not have happened to him yet, as of this experience. I would think a notebook would be a very useful thing to have if you were not living your life in order. It would be very confusing. Indeed. And that, I guess, you know. Daniel's notebook sure to be filled with all kinds of goodies. That's why he had the orchid logo in there. Well, that's uh, Daniel can handle it too because he's a very logical guy. Yes. So even though his life has lived out of order, it would seem like he's somewhat erratic, but he's friendly. So he just has a different yes life. It's non-linear. Some would call him Mister Friendly. <laughs> Not me, of course. That's why I can't remember the cards. His life is non-linear. He appears one time, sees the cards, but that's after the fact. He I don't know how, uh, how how rapid do you think this is? I mean, the nonlinear. I don't know. Like jumping has to be pretty quick because he can't remember much from one moment to the other. Some I mean, even he, I mean, even uh, in the first episode where Jack uh, sees him jump out of the helicopter, he says, "Who are you?" Uh, Jack, uh, Daniel always kind of seemed like he was like thinking about it. It's like I'm. Daniel, Daniel Faraday. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's who I am. That's strange. So but this would fit in. I like this. I I like this theory. Uh, it's much better than your Daniel Faraday is the black smoke theory you've been pitching for oh. months now. <laughs> Come on. Anyway, um, this could make for some very interesting flashbacks in the uh, Desmond actually going back in time fashion. Yes, it could. Um. And at the very end, Lost Bunny adds, Slaughterhouse-Five is very worth reading. The Third Policeman, on the other hand, is the weirdest book I have ever read, despite having lost parallels such as The Magic Box. The Third Policeman? Yes, The Third Policeman is a book uh, seen toward the beginning of Season 2 in The Hatch. Oh, really? Yes. um, So maybe there's some... uh there's some parallels. There, to there are a the couple book? of parallels there. Um, one of the writers, uh, the story goes, actually read the book and uh, liked it, and there are a few parallels. So he wanted the book to be seen in the hatch. Okay. And actually, after that aired, I read an article about like the third policeman jumping up to the top of Amazon.com's book sales list. Whoa! So that's the power of Lost. I get, get your book on there, sell a million copies. I see that it was written between 1939. In 1940, and had no publisher, but yet it was finally published in 1967. So 27 years later. That's very good. And if it made, you know, Amazon and all, it's probably a good read. Why don't you do a little uh, fact-checking on Slaughterhouse-Five? When was that published? Uh, Slaughterhouse... Now, was that a movie as well? I don't think it was a movie. I'm pretty sure it was only a novel, and I'm... Fairly certain it was published recently. Fairly okay. recently. Uh, Slaughterhouse-Five, it says 1969. Yes, that was just the other day. <laughs> <laughs> really, it's, it's a science fiction analysis of the human condition using time travel as a plot device. Sounds pretty cool. Yeah, time travel, that makes it worthwhile right so, there. So, uh, wow, either of those will make... Mike Good hiatus reading. Oh, wow. Uh, oh, did you go into your like goofy slash Sawyer voice? <laughs> Went to my Sawyer lost by your dumbest voice. <laughs> <laughs> I will. Whenever I talk like, whenever I talk about books, I got to talk like Sawyer. Okay. That's scary. Yeah, you know, the sad thing is we're actually in Georgia, and 
and uh, Sawyer was from Alabama. <laughs> so, you know, some people, we might talk like Sawyer all the time. Oh. Those, cra- <laughs> those crazy hillbillies, don't they know? That's how they sound naturally. They don't have to make these idiotic voices. Yeah. If they only knew they sounded crazy for real. Well, golly. Um, Two good books, though. Slaughterhouse-Five sound a little, you know, like a th- horror movie. Well, that's just the title. I think the title mm. kind of is putting you off. Yeah. Uh, Slaughterhouse-Five. <laughs> Maybe, um, oh, it's got an alternate title here. Oh, what is the alternate title? Blood on My Hands? The Children's Crusade. A duty dance with death. <laughs> <laughs> See, that sounds more, you know, chipper. Yeah. <laughs> it it really sounds more curious. Yeah. You know, we're Slaughterhouse Five. <laughs> sounds like a slasher. <laughs> expect to see Jason and Slaughterhouse Guy. Slaughterhouse Guy. <laughs> yeah, face up. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> the Children's Crusade. Huh. Well... Uh, thank you, Lost Bunny, for that terrific piece of feedback. I really am enjoying all the Faraday Desmond feedback we've been getting in lately. Yeah. As I, too. So is that uh, is that all the fan feedback? That is the end of fan feedback. Um, okay. You know, if you have any uh, suggestions, ideas, compliments, complaints, um, anything, spam, you can uh, send that to us. No, not spam. No, not really. <laughs> but, you know, we would love to have your email, so... Uh, our address, one more time, lostandlocked at gmail.com. And phone us at 770-393-5263, E-Y-E-L-A-N-D. Uh, join our Facebook. Hop in the uh, chat box room. Yep. Uh, where Brian's probably shown up more than I have. I, 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 I show up appearance. a lot, but uh, see, the problem, the problem with me showing up in the chat box is um, I kind of have trouble putting my thoughts into text and then hitting send it's kind of a chore for me you know when i first um although i guess i should clarify when i say that it kind of implies that i'm much better at speaking which is not the case at all (laughs) which you can probably tell from listening to this past hour but go ahead yeah uh the (coughs) excuse me the lost the chat box we've got yes i don't know why it does this but the layout reminds me of my first experience with a chat room Really? How did that go? It, it it wasn't as live as today's chat rooms or instant messengers. It was like you post something, and when you're done typing it, it gets posted on a board. So, and so it's like a... Kind of like a bulletin board. Kind of like a bulletin board? Yeah, but it refreshed quicker. That You didn't have to manually refresh it. it. It refreshed for you. You just have to wait every 30 seconds, and then you'd see whatever anyone typed. It was just there. Oh, so you didn't have to sit there hitting F5... Yeah, over just and over. refresh, refresh. Okay. You know, some bulletin boards you did, but... Well, that's interesting. Um, when I first saw that, I thought, hey, this is a cool literary device. We've got a lot of people online. We could, we've got different people that could contribute towards one goal. So I came up with this wacky idea. Hey, guys. <laughs> Let's... Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. Somebody's calling in right now. I think it's Lost Bunny. No, it's uh, Bugs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bugs Bunny. Oh, nice. No, um, I thought, hey, let's let's pool together our creative resources here. How about I write a line, and let's say the last word is bear, and then the next person writes a line, and it has to rhyme with bear. So you're writing a song or a and poem? And the next person would write a line and make it new. How many syllables would it have to be? Well, see, the thing was, we write like a limerick or a poem. And it would it's kind of like the, uh, whose line is it anyway? One of these little quick yes. shows that bring out uh, comedic humor, you know, and creativity. Just show how brilliant they are. I was hoping to see some brilliancy in the room. <laughs> um now, Chris, Don't ever try that. <laughs> like, like, Chris, let me introduce you to the internet. That's <laughs> so to, to this day, I've tried it a number of times in chat rooms. Like, hey, guys, <laughs> let's start a rhyming scheme. The scheme is A, B, A, B, you know, or ten syllables. Now, limericks and stuff work because most people know the scheme of a limerick. And if you find someone who's clever, you can get some pretty funny limericks. 
Because you're, you're only writing one or two lines. And so they can put a different spin on it. So that's, that's really good. Well, you know, uh, we have the most creative minds on the net in our chat box. Why not come by there and yeah, try so that out? Show up in the chat box and let's write a lost limerick. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that sounds like a, <laughs> as fun as a barrel of monkeys. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's my Sawyerism for the week. Okay. Uh, well, anyway, uh, next week, plans for next week. Um, looks like I will be on the road. Chris is going to be out of town. So so I am going to replace him with a speaking spell. So it's what? Brian and a speaking spell. Well, I'm going to replace you then. With well, who could you replace me with? Well, it'd have to be somebody in Raleigh-Durham. You know anyone in Raleigh-Durham? I don't know anybody. North Carolina? I, don't, I don't even know what Raleigh-Durham is. Really? Where is that located? From Raleigh-Durham, North is, Carolina. Is that, is that in Canada? Not North Carolina? Is that in Canada? <laughs> <laughs> Joking. Yeah. Joking. Okay. Uh, uh, anyway. All right. No, I'm just kidding. I couldn't replace you. Aww. And all, You know, if speak and spell technology had advanced over the past 10 years, yeah. it would be an idea worth entertaining, but I'm not going to go there. Could it say... Blood on my hands. Hey, Chris, what do you think the title was for this week's episode? <laughs> Blood on my hands. Blood on my hands. I'm I sorry. don't think so. Sorry. Yeah, I couldn't do that. I'm sorry. So uh, instead of making you suffer through that, we're actually just going to take the week off. Yeah, we'll be off another week. So, uh, But we will return the week after that. Correct. With more content, more fun, more stories. More stories? Are you promising that? Final scene? We have a couple more yep. that we could put See? on. <laughs> All right. So we'll include those as well. It sounds fun to me. Um, cool. And maybe we'll uh, finish watching these Olympic events and just hope that podcasting, you know, could be successful. Maybe we should do an online petition, make podcasting an Olympic event. <laughs> Sign here. <laughs> How many signatures would they need? I don't know. I hope it's not more than, like, 42, because I don't think we get more <laughs> than that. I wouldn't get any. Uh, sorry. Okay, well, that, that's all I've got. You got anything? Uh, no, I just want to thank everybody for listening, and uh, a special thank you to anybody who wrote in or called in feedback. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Excellent. And uh, I guess we'll... Join us a week after. Yes, I, get, I guess we will catch you next time here on Lost Unlocked. Unlocked. I'm not lost anymore. the Olympic Lost Athlon Viewing Room, where the crowd favorite, Lost Unlocked, is currently gearing up for performance in the room. Chris and Brian are making their final decisions on where to sit. Excellent choice by Brian, he gets the recliner. Oh, Chris gets the floor. Well, sometimes Chris goes berserk when Lost blows his mind and his laptop could end up getting thrown around the room. Okay, the clock has started. Chris has his laptop out, and he's been practicing typing out episodes in preparation for this monumental event. Okay, the show starts. Looks like the classic eye-opener. That's an (laughs) (laughs) eye-opener. Chris is typing madly, but oddly enough, no one has said anything yet. You know he has to keep a 40-word-per-minute minimum. Wow. Well, there's the opening scene. Brian looks a bit puzzled. What do you think he's thinking? I don't know, but what an opening scene. And there's the title screen, wow. Wow, indeed. And there's the commercial break. Brian gets up. He's walking towards the restroom. Chris is left towards the kitchen. We know the judges deduct points if they don't make it back in time for the next scene. As you know, each second can deduct valuable points, Hamburg. And change the context of the whole show. Oh, oh! 
Brian made it back. There's the opening music. Chris turns the corner, spilling some milk. Mm, that's gotta hurt. Yeah, you know, when you sacrifice a few seconds of lust for milk and cookies, that's never good. No, no. The, okay, the show is resumed and... Oh, what do we see here on this lost episode? Oh! Do you think Chris and Brian will catch what just happened there? I'm not so sure. Let's... Let's remind the audience, when a character makes a return appearance, and Chris or Brian fail to recognize who it is, mm, that hurts too. Yeah, I don't see any hint of them recognizing that's casting. Do you? Oh, they're completely clueless. Mm, that's at least a .5 deduction. Uh, the fans look a little bit hurt at that one. Oh, there's a dead character appearing. Wait, wait. We usually hear Chris say his classic line here. Black smoke! <laughs> He's also writing something down on a sheet of paper. Looks like it could be a title guess. Oh, can, can you read it? It looks like blood on my hands. Oh, the judges don't like the word blood on family shows. Hmm. That could condition some of the judges when scoring time comes. Yes, it could. Okay, looks... Looks like Brian wrote down a word or two himself. Hmm, he's just sitting there with his jaw opened. Looks like the same word is written three times. C can you read that? Three times? Look, uh, uh, looks like awesome. And there's the last scene. Oh, Chris just jumped up. He's waving his arms. He's, he's yelling something like, can you believe that? Where did Brian go? Oh, I think he fell off the recliner. Oh, what a scene. Uh-oh. <laughs> the judges were waiting for this moment. They specifically planted a huge spoiler in the preview immediately following the last scene. Uh-oh, and Brian's on the floor. Oh, no. There it is. Chris just threw his glass of milk into the big HDTV. What a move. HDTV. Spoiler dedication. Wow, Brian is mumbling. He Apparently seems to be in some sort of epileptic seizure. He couldn't get to the TV in time to avoid the spoiler. Chris is trying to console him by saying the TV's off and the spoilers are far, far away. The judges are shaking their heads at this one. The score for the event is wide open. Yeah, it looks like this was all up to the judges. Mr. Payne's up next. Let's see how he does, brother. <laughs> 